Isn't it wonderful that Jesus is alive? Before he rose from the grave, he did something very important. He went down and took the authority that God had given to Adam and Eve, but because they disobeyed God and obeyed Satan, they took that authority and gave it to Satan. But now, Jesus has taken it back. And unlike before, he doesn't give it to individuals. He gives it to his church. His church has the authority and power. 25 years ago, I had a surfing accident, and I broke my neck. C3, C4, and I pretty much destroyed my spinal cord. They said, according to medical science, I will never be able to use my arms and legs again. While I was in that hospital, uh, where all my wife and my youngest son, David, were learning how to be caregivers to a quadriplegic, uh, I saw a video from a man who was a quadriplegic. His name was Christopher Reeves. He was Superman in movies. And in this video, he said, he is putting millions of dollars into a research hospital in Miami, Florida, so that someday medical science will have the answer for spinal cord injuries. But then he said something rather strange and sad. He said, oh, and I'm getting letters from people saying they're praying for me in the name of Jesus. He said, I do not want prayer in the name of Jesus. I want prayer for things you can see. I want you to pray to birds and flowers and trees and mountains. And when I saw that, that's so sad. And then I had my wife say, get as cold as many Christians and churches, and I want prayer in the name of Jesus. Soon after that video, Christopher Reeve died. And I am standing here in front of you, no longer in a wheelchair. I have, uh, every four years, I go back to the States and I have a, a physical because I'm, I get it free because I'm a vet. And uh, the uh, VA said I needed to meet with this oncologist. So I met with this oncologist and he said, when you broke your neck and you were on the operating table for six hours, one of the pints of blood that they gave had a very rare, but hard to detect, uh, leukemia. So I have cancer of the blood. And he says, it's a very slow moving. It's not curable, so it will eventually kill you. Uh, but with this disease, right now it's pre-cancer. So you can live in Asia. But once it had become cancer, or stage one, uh, you cannot live in Asia anymore because I can't check your blood every three years, four years. I have to do it every three or four months. He said, and then when it becomes stage one, we will monitor it because as it gets up to stage three and four, we're going to have to do chemotherapy. And that'll knock it down to maybe stage one. And then we'll have to do a bone marrow transplant. He said, so you know, it is a slow moving disease. So you, you, you have a good 12 to 15 years left in your life. So, you know, you're 55, so when you reach probably 69 or 70, you'll be with heaven. <laughs> well, 
I, I, we moved back to, to Asia, and then in 2007, it became stage one, so we moved back to the United States. But we, and they're traveling back and forth uh, from America to, to Asia. One time, several years after my injury, uh, I saw this couple get on the airplane, and I turned to my wife and I said, honey, I think that's Dr. Robinson, my neurosurgeon and his wife, Shirley. And she says, oh, no, it can't be them. I said, what do you mean? She said, honey, this is economy class. Dr. Robinson makes a lot of money. If he were on this plane, he'd be in first class. <laughs> but when the plane landed, as we were going to the shuttle to get baggage claim, I ran up to him and I said, excuse me, is your name Dr. Bernard Robinson? And he goes, yes, how do you know me? I said, I'm your patient. He said, really? Who, what's your name? And I said, I am Art Sanborn. And he said, oh, wow, look at you. And then he said, I want to thank you so much. I said, you operate on me for six hours and you're thanking me? Why, did the insurance pay you a lot of money? He said, no, I'm a Christian but I've limited God my whole life. And when I heard and saw what God did with you, it changed everything. He said, I have three children. My son was born perfectly fine, but both my beautiful daughters were born with a very rare disease that medical science says once they reach puberty, they will die. My oldest daughter, who's my oldest child, as medical science predicted, she died. But my little baby, my wife and I started every morning praying for my little baby. And we ended each evening praying for my baby. And the church, they got behind and prayed for my daughter. And they started crying. This is my daughter is well past puberty. She's in her 20s. She's in graduate school in California, and she's perfectly fine. Yeah, I don't know if prayer would have saved the oldest daughter, but I know that prayer saved the younger daughter. My oncologist called me May of 2020, and he said, are you going to Asia? And I said, I have my team ready. We have everything set up. But there's a COVID thing that's shutting the countries down. So it looks like I can't go. He said, good. I said, what do you mean good? He said, your cancer is stage five or stage four. So therefore, you have to start chemotherapy. So I've signed you up to do six months worth of chemotherapy. Well, on the 13th of May, 2020, I had my first time of chemotherapy. May 14th, I had my second. May 15th, I had my third. And then I got strep throat. And then after that, I got pneumonia. And then after laying in bed for a couple weeks with strep throat and pneumonia, when I started to get up, I would pass out. My daughter's a doctor, and my wife said, we, we're trying to keep him out of the hospital because of the COVID. Uh, but she said, no, you're going to have to put him in. 
So I was checked into the hospital. They put me in intensive care. And um, the cardiologist came to me and said, your heart stops all the time. Not long, but six, seven seconds at a time. But so we're going to have to operate on your heart. He said, so you need to sign these papers. So I signed all these papers. They wheeled me down to the operating table. And uh, the nurse said, is your name Art Sanborn? And I said, yes, ma'am. And she said, oh, I read your book, Walking Miracle. And then she said, oh, I'm sorry, we can't do the operation today. I said, why not? She said, well, there was an emergency with the anesthesiologist, and he's not here, and we can't do the operation if you're awake. <laughs> so she said, tomorrow's busy, but Wednesday's free, so we'll reschedule your heart surgery for Wednesday morning. Wednesday morning, I was all scrubbed up, but the nurse said, sorry, we can't operate today. I said, why? Did the anesthesiologist not fail again? She said, no, no, he's here. It's the surgeon that didn't show up this time. <laughs> so we've res rescheduled your surgery for Friday. So Friday, I was all scheduled, or all scrubbed up. And then she said, I'm sorry, we can't operate. I said, why? The surgeon's here, the anesthesiologist's here, everybody's here, why can't you operate? And she said, because you have a fever. You're 40 degrees centigrade, and we can't operate when you have a fever. So we'll have to reschedule this for Monday. Sunday morning, my wife called, and she said, God would not allow me to sleep last night. And I waited until your daughter was up about 6 a.m., and I just said, I told my daughter that I really feel God wants me to check our, my husband out of the hospital. What do you think? And my daughter said, if that's what you feel God is calling you to do, tell him to do it. So she said, check out against medical advice. The cardiologist came to me and he said, now, you understand, you can never drive a car again. I'm done the paperwork. You get behind a car and your heart stops, you could kill people. <laughs> so you are not allowed to drive a car until you have this operation, or you get a cardiologist that says your heart's okay. Okay. You know how inconvenient it is to have your wife chauffeur you around? It was a very difficult time for several months, but I finally went to a cardiologist, and he monitored my heart for seven days a week, 24 hours a day, for six weeks. At the end of six weeks, he said, I don't understand why they think you had needed an operation. There's nothing wrong with your heart. You've got a heart of a young man. My VA oncologist, Dr. Grady, called up and he said, you're a very strange patient. You're the oldest one, oldest living and oldest being. And we've just checked your blood and your white cells have gone from 410,000 down to four. With four to 10 is normal all because of the body of Christ praying. It wasn't me. It was the body of Christ. When in the book of Acts, in chapter 2, the church was born. In chapter 3, Peter and John were going into the temple to worship. They saw a guy that was born with lame. 
And this man, the lame man, was looking at them, hoping they get some money so that he could eat that day. And they said to him, silver and gold we don't have, but what we have, we give you in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. That's our job. The church, we're to bring those that are lame, those that are in trouble. And recently, there's been this disease, COVID. So some people don't go to church anymore. They just go online and watch. But that's not church. Yeah, that way, you can hear from the pastor. You can grow in your knowledge of God. That's good. But the church is us coming together in fellowship, in worship, and in prayer. When we worship, we scatter the demonic world and invite the angelic world. When we pray, we see the power of God. That's our job. I am a former quadriplegic who is standing here because of the power of prayer in the church. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord, I invite you tonight or today to come and receive him. If you have never or you do not belong to a church, you can't say, oh, I love Jesus, but I don't like his body. No. You need to like the head and the body. We show the head how much we love him by loving the body. And there's power in the body. So we need to be part of a body. So if you've not joined a church, join the power and become a, a member of the body of Christ. I invite you to come forward. And my team... We'll be here to pray for those that are coming forward. Father, I thank you for this church. I ask that you would just bless it and that it would go in power, in quantity and quality. Bless them, Father, and anoint their leadership and let Satan know he can't get away with attacking their families, their nation because the church is going to stand up and prevent it in Jesus' name. Amen.